It speak tangent real quick. Did do you by any chance see the uh the new video that CJ McCreary posted of him covering a thousand miles? No, it's I, fucking, I'm shaking my head. It's I, fucking great. I only watch <laughs> um, live streams of birds on YouTube now. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to Banger Alert. My name is Mitch. My name is Danilo. I'm Will. Yay. Dude, we got Will in the studio, finally. The legend. In the heezy at last. In yeah. the heezy, bro. Will is the fucking man. Um, mm-hmm. Very happy to have him in here today. We're going to talk about music a lot because that's what, it's pretty much what our entire friendship is based on, really. You know? And video games. Yeah. And occasionally fitness. Occasionally, yes. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> music. Video games, fitness, asterisks. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to oversell my interest in any of those things. They just are what floated to the top. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Will's the first friend I made when I moved down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was like semester one type shit, you know? Even yep. before I met you, dude. So yeah, it's crazy. Fucking bro. OG. Honestly, this is like nostalgic in the studio right now. This and is I- your original charlotte friendship group yeah and i think it's because i walked into the coffee shop and you were playing pokemon your 3ds i was playing video games and listening to metal hell yeah (laughs) perfect so two of three yeah instant bond um and the weird thing i always say about us is that we like the same exact kinds of music but just complete opposites within those you know if we have a favorite band then our favorite albums are totally different if we have a favorite album, then the songs that we like are totally different. It's bizarre. And I love it. Yeah, no comment. It's, <laughs> nice. good, it's good stuff. It means that we um, can talk about things, but that we can also still get angry. <laughs> That's the important part. Because really, you know, Tanalo, just in my time doing this podcast with you, our best moments are when we're angered at each other. You know what I mean? Not quite like fighting, you know? No. But just, just like playful jabs. Just angered. Japes, yeah. if you will. Yeah, like the, the, the subtle, like, what the fuck? Hold on. Yeah. Back that up. Is, is that what you think? Hold on a second. Yeah. But dude, all right. I'm excited for this one because I think it was after episode three, you were like, hey, man, Will wants to come on the podcast and he wants to cover the cleansing by Suicide Silence. <laughs> it was a long, yeah, because you texted me about the Motionless and White episode. You're like, oh, I can't episode. wait to listen to that. Yeah, dude, yeah my fuck favorite yeah. band. Yeah, Which Will, thank you so much for enjoying that episode. Like, I just, uh, I feel validated. I actually listened back to it. A little while. It's it's honestly not bad. Like for you know season one banger alert. It's what probably we, is that season? It's mostly because I didn't like it. I feel you, dude. <laughs> but yeah, bro. So this has been like thirty two episodes inbound. We've been talking about doing this one, and yep. we're finally doing it. And uh, yeah, this album is a fucking banger. And from what I understand, neither one of you guys have listened to it recently, right? No, no. It's been like six years from my. Um, I must find the most extreme music that girls will still occasionally listen to phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, that's an interesting point that you're bringing. Because, like, Suicide Silence is the most brutal band that was ever any version of accessible to regular people. You know what I mean? Which, if I recall what I recall about this album, is going to come as a surprise as I'm listening to it. Absolutely. I remember I had, like, friends in high school who didn't know anything about this type of music and were not into it at all, but they knew unanswered by suicide silence. Right. Or like they had heard no pity from a coward or no pity for a coward or whatever. Yep. Classic songs. So oh yeah, dude, this album is fucking legendary. And I think that this is the number one most band t-shirt selling 
band of all time. I think I was just going to bring up t-shirts because like, that's how I learned about Whitechapel is like something that summer (laughs) camp was wearing like a crazy sick. I couldn't tell you what was on it. Some kind of like crazy gory monster probably, but he was wearing a Whitechapel shirt. I was like, I am on the hunt for more serious music to listen to. And a a green, um, greasy goat dragon. If that's the shirt for Whitechapel, this is exile. That's what I want to hear. Is it that one? Yeah. I think I heard that one. First, that album first. I is this the T-shirt though, like with the fucking album. guy on it? No, I think no, it was one of those like cartoon monster ones. Dude, I think I know oh. the shirt you're talking about, right? Was it? Yeah, never mind. We'll talk about that. Later. Is that what Phil looks like now? What the fuck? I was just about to say that. It looks the same, <laughs> except for oh no, that is a heck of a mane. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's Phil Bozeman, but with Winston McCall hair. I was gonna say out of the corner of my <laughs> eye, I thought that was Parkway Drive, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, it's not. So fuck yeah. Without further ado, are y'all ready to hop into this album, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by lit. the way, I don't think we actually said we're listening to the cleansing by Suicide Silence. Okay, if it wasn't if it wasn't clear by now, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's in the title of this episode, so Yeah, you'll see it in the thumbnail, but yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> also known as the cleaning. Thanks, man. I brought grass knuckles and I didn't need it. Yes. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, fucking running. Squeaky right now, bro. You want to go ahead and get no, that, not uh, me. It gave me tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm. I need a shower. Do we want? <laughs> do we want to go ahead and get that um that content advisory out of the way? But yeah, no content advisory. Um, <laughs> anti-religious themes, violence. There's some like sexual violence in one song, maybe. Yeah, kind of. The where, price of beauty. D- it, but like, like it's it, like metaphorical using rape violence. Well, the word is rape is in the song, but he's making yeah. it clear that that's not what's happening. But even still. Um, he says, don't worry, you won't be another rape victim. That's like, he's just worried about tearing your face up. That's the whole thing. Oh, okay. I mean. Small comfort. <laughs> not much better. Yeah, but I was like, going to say. Um, so yeah, the, the album, the lyrics are violent. Um, the album is brutal with two zeros. If you're yeah. adverse to that, then don't listen to it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how much do we want to talk about Mitch Lucker before we talk about the album? Is it relevant or do you guys care enough to? Uh, obviously, I mean, I don't know what else could be said. He's a legend and everybody knows he's a legend and this album was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's proof of proof of point that uh, guys as a vocalist, unbelievable. There's no one like this. Just ridiculous range. I never saw them live, but I understand he was a good front man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had really sick hair when I was in high school. I <laughs> wanted hair like his, but yeah. I have curly hair and I couldn't do it. And um, I saw videos of the Lucker stomp when I was in high school. Yeah. So my go-to mosh pit move was just to try to lunker or like lumper. Lucker. What is that? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you you stand as wide as you can, like a sumo wrestler, and then you get one foot as high as you can off the ground, and then you stomp back and forth. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. that that's way cooler than the um the like pogo like where you like yeah cross your legs and like pogo up in the air. That was like the good clean fun version of that. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. And uh, even in like you know a little bit later, like if you look at the music video for "You Only Live Once," he has like a beer keg in the shooting range in that video for him to put his foot on so he can luck or stomp like yep with it. In so he can way. go all the way up. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yep. yep. All the way. But yeah, no, Mitch Lucker was a fucking legend. Rest in peace. I remember hearing about the motorcycle accident when I was in high school and I was like, 
Dude, like at the time I was like really yeah. out about it, but anyway. Yep. That's what happens when you get drunk and drive 120 miles an hour on a motorcycle. Yeah, I know. He was a complicated guy. Yeah. Was. Can't endorse that. If you're a, if you're a celebrity and you do that, a hundred percent chance you're going to die. We should talk about the dangers of motorcycles as well. Um, I don't know anyone that has been a motorcyclist that hasn't like been in an accident. Well, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, well, on that point, man, you remember when Jazzy he like lightly crashed, like I'm going to say crashed his motorcycle, but it was way less than what you would think when I say that. Like he kind of set his motorcycle down going around a turn getting on the highway one time. Oh, yeah. And he showed like he was like, yeah, this is what my helmet looked like. And it was scraped down flat on yeah. one side from where his head hit the ground. Yeah. It's just nuts, bro. Because even at like 20, 30 miles an hour, road rash is just removing inches of skin. Right. Yeah. Like my dad used to drive a motorcycle and he's like, it's not a matter of if you crash it, it's when. Yeah. deal. Exactly. My and brother got his motorcycle license, bought a motorcycle three months later. He put it down. It was like, nope, I'm done. Right. All right. That being said, I've always wanted a motorcycle and I'm looking yeah, for same. one right now. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. All right. So uh, you guys ready to jump into the track by track here, dude? Uh Sure. <laughs> or it, unless there's other things we need to discuss before. Uh, no. Get into it. I have a lot of thoughts about the album as a whole. I think it's good. Okay. Well, dude, I mean, <laughs> if you want to talk about it in the general sense, we can absolutely cover that it, right now. It is super good. Yeah. So I like the album. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it is the best example of the kind of what we can call loosely the Silent Hill vibe from in music. I, maybe there's other examples. This is, this might be the only example, but I'm thinking of like artists that really try to like get real camp with the horror vibe. Mm-hmm. And this, um, I, it kind of nails the formula from when you first see the album art on the shelf at the library and yeah. you take it home to pirate it. <laughs> so wait, so what do you mean by that in terms of like the silent Hill vibe? Kind of the, um, I would, I don't know. It's weird to talk about things like insane asylum concept and, and body horror in music that only occasionally touches on it, but maybe it's because of the album art that that occurs to me, but then kind of the horror movie ticks that are thrown throughout the album, the, the moments where they're like, we're going to stop like grinding out fast paced riffs for a second, just to create like an atmosphere of yeah. a fog of menace for like, Four, four seconds right but yeah. and also the music videos they're all you know extremely Brutal. gruesome yeah and that's true. take place in um horrible not up to code medical facilities and stuff. <laughs> so it's kind of like the the concept they were able to create from a multimedia perspective huh dude i totally i've never put those thoughts together like that but it makes a lot of sense and i totally agree with what you're saying bro i love how uncompromising every aspect of this is you know what i mean suicide silence probably did not give a single fuck about marketability or accessibility or, uh, you know, trying to tone it down so that more people will like it. Yeah. It is like one of, they're the most well-known deathcore band probably ever. Yeah. I mean, if you had to point to one band that was unequivocally just textbook deathcore, it would have to be suicide silence. I think. I mean, they wrote that textbook. Well, yeah, they, yeah, uh, they, pretty much. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. So a hundred percent and 18 visions like or they wrote the, um, the forward. <laughs> the, the forward the preface right yeah but uh nope suicide and they they were huge they were they, they were. were dude i vaguely remember i actually wasn't able to find it but i vaguely remember a clip of them playing like the tonight show 
or yeah. like some late night show. I couldn't find some a clip though. syndicated like television yeah. type of thing. Like and imagine having like Mitch Lucker on carpool karaoke today. That was like the equivalent. That'd be of, wild. Right. You know, I mean, I now again, take this with a grain of salt. I wasn't able to see the clip. It was like a thing in a documentary. I watched about suicide silence two or three years ago. Let's jump in the track by track, dude. So revelations, yes. the intro to this album. Will, back to your point about the Silent Hill imagery, I think that this sort of like clip, this hallway really sets the tone. Nice and spooky. I think it really adds to it. A lot of times we kind of look at hallways like, all right, you are trying to come down from some energy level to match the next song, which obviously would have clashed with the previous song. So you have to put something in the middle there. That's usually how it's used. But right here, it's like, all right, get ready, fucker. Like, right. Heating up. You know what I mean? It is cool. And I, what I think like it, it, it's just vague is the one thing that I would say about it is like, this is a spooky vibe, but I think that the next album, if we're talking about like things that they kind of took to the next level, that the spooky interlude slash intro intro is one of them. And mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they could concretely give you an interlude that will curdle your blood and make your teeth fall out. Dog. Uh, they did that on the next <laughs> album. This good vibes. Oh, it's spooky. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If it's bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go listen to the ninchy blood and you just pay attention to how it makes you feel. Uh, I Again, guess it's content warning, content warning. It's bad. Yeah. It's a, a girl getting her face eaten by a monkey, right? Yeah. That's literally, it's, yeah, the, it's yeah. a recording of that. So if you, <laughs> anyway, it's real. It's like a snuff. Um, yeah, it not, literally feels film, it, but without the film. Dude, right. I, well, the first time I heard it, I f- literally had the feeling like I shouldn't be listening to this. You right. know what I mean, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So and they just throw it in their album. This isn't that, but this is definitely mood setting. Right. Go it's play. A, you know, the horror movie type right. of vibe. Uh, yo, clip it, dude. Yeah, people screaming in the background, the, the obligatory the dissonant guitar, the yeah. uncomfortable, like brown note kind of just well, layered just in feedback. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. I didn't know what to call it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the brown note, <laughs> it's not a brown note, but fucking, you know, I say the wrong thing a lot. I was just going to drop in. Yeah. Go. Right. Fucking legendary, dude. To some extent, if you've heard this song, you've heard the whole album and you can stop now. <laughs> or you can listen to 44 minutes of more of that. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna- you're, you're totally right. I agree with that 100%, but there's also so much else in this album to digest, like at the same time somehow. Well, no, what I was going to say, Will, is that you are a thousand percent correct, but we also love it. And that's why it's good. Yeah. You know, like they were able to make that dun, 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 dun fucking last for 13 songs. 12 songs, I guess. 12 and a half. I yeah. don't know. And, uh, and much of No Time to Bleed as well. Yeah. They give you the style guide. And then if you like the style guide, then you're going to like the book that they made with it or the website. Pretty much. I don't remember mm. what style guides are used for. One thing that happens a lot in this album, bro, is that quickly into the song, you guys heard that intro, that dun 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 At like 20 or 30 seconds, they're going to show you the fucking cool thing. Right? So like here, there's literally like a drum fill drop at 20 seconds. If you want to play that. Now we're into it. And that's also a good example of Mitch's lows. Yeah. I, which, I mean, you'll you'll hear an enormous quantity of those. It's, th- it's just a great prime. I think I see what you're saying. It's like a huge primer for the album. Like, you can listen to Unanswered and just be like, I get it. Mm. I think one thing that's also kind of interesting about that is 
There were other bands that sounded like this for sure, but they were all worse, except Whitechapel. But <laughs> the, uh, one of the things that sets them apart to me is like where bands would kind of like write separate cool parts and then kind of stick them together, whether they fit or not didn't really matter. Um, they, aside from the fact that they don't just like write songs in that way to begin with, where there are moments where there should be like a smash cut to another thing, they'll do something really cool there too. Like they'll put like a crazy drum fill and you're like, that was a crazy drum fill. It's only downhill from here. And no, it's the next part. And that yeah. one's also crazy. Yeah. They just keep it rolling. Yeah, bro. Good songwriting. Oh Jesus. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> they give you a cornucopia of interesting shit to hear. Yeah, it's a, a trope on this podcast, which it's amazing that we've got enough episodes down to actually have like repeatable tropes. But yeah. when we don't know how to describe why a song is good, we just say it's got good songwriting. Well, yeah, no. So <laughs> mystical, a mystical component. It's the X factor. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it, bro. I can't put my finger on it. it. Must be songwriting. Right. Yeah, no, there's a couple things that we say a lot, like good songwriting textbook. Fucking, I'm, I can't think of any more because I'm trying to but sing you know alongable, I mean. sing alongable. Yeah. yeah, it's a big one. Anyway. Anyway, dude. Go to Sing alongable. That describes a lot of this album, I think. Yeah, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, go to a minute and three seconds, dude. Sing alongable, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's and, catchy as hell. And then the hand of God will come and strike you down, I think is the line right there. <laughs> Bro, that's what I was talking about in the kitchen a second ago, where it's like, it's fucking so low that if you hadn't heard it before, there's a really small chance you're going to pick up on what he's saying. But after right. you know what the words are, you can't not hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your brain just kind of stitches that shit together. His vocals are a Rorschach test. <laughs> Rorschach test? Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It's an auditory Rorschach test. But yeah, no, when you when you have these, this style of vocals where you you know, you're chewing on the words... Mm-hmm. As they're coming out, you can barely understand them. It's you can get away with just kind of being like roar, 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 roar for like 14 minutes, right? Sure. But you do kind of have to make it match the lyrics somewhat, don't you? Yeah, going to the marketing component of it, it's almost like there it's very hard to understand what he's saying most of the time. And with this kind of music, it almost doesn't matter what he's saying, like right. as much as like how he's saying it. But I think part of like what might have helped them is rather than just like suicide type or um sorry. Cannibal Corpse, rather than just kind of like going with that the entire runtime of an album, like they'll, um, it's almost like the chunks of lyrics that would have looked best on a, like, uh, on the back of a t shirt. Those, you know, they make sure that those are extremely clear what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I'm thinking that's true. So the big impact font that fills up the whole back of your t shirt. <laughs> the one I remember seeing was Pull the Trigger Bitch, which we'll yeah, get there. That's right. To your Classic. point, right? Yeah, uh, fucking, yep. you know, that would definitely not work now for whatever reason. Right. You're not allowed to have swear words on shirts anymore. Yeah, bro, you're not allowed it's to. Law. Is it just because, like, Warped Tour is no longer a thing? Probably. That's part of it. It's lame. There's not, like, a, a big cultural emphasis on heavy music like there was, like, at this point, like, right. 10 years ago. Well, Warped Tour went away because people stopped going to Warped Tour as much. Like, yeah. it yeah. wasn't that people weren't making, like, music that was appropriate for a Warped Tour. It's just for that, sure. like, people weren't really listening to that and going to see it anymore. Maybe it's because it had all already been done. That's true. I went to the last eight war tours, eight or nine war tours in a row. And 
fucking some of the best memories of my entire life. But I think you're right. I think it started to die out over time because you can only keep doing the same thing so long before people are like, I'm not going to go stand in the sun for 14 hours again. Yeah. Global warming. I'm wondering if that's something that we're <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. It's so hot. It's so fucking hot. Yeah. At an outdoor festival. Yeah. I feel like it, you know. Dude, maybe they should just make Warped Tour a winter festival. You know what I mean? They yeah. had that. Uh, that was... Um, we can edit this part where I'm thinking out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Taste of Chaos. Wasn't that the winter warp Tour? And that only ran for a couple of years. Right? Ah. Yeah, true. So, dude, I I'm remember so fucking that. stupid. Well, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, Summer Slaughter. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's in the summer. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> yeah. Taste um, of Chaos. I remember that. Chaos. I feel like it was more strictly emo-leaning most of the time based on the line. Yeah, that wasn't like fucking November, it was wasn't it? was before my time, sadly. But yeah. uh, I, th- I went to a Taste of Chaos once. Remember that show I always talk about that was Atreyu, Avenged Sevenfold, and... Uh, Disturbed? No. Atreyu, Avenged Sevenfold, Ball for My Valentine. That's right. Yeah. Huge I knew, show. I knew it was like a big fucking kind of hard rock metal band like that. I think that was a Taste of Chaos. Yeah. And it yeah. was in like November in Rochester, New York, so it fucking sucked until you got inside, and then it was fine. Yeah. If you see that lineup now, it's like a monster truck rally. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, bro. Red yeah. State Rock Band. Bro, yeah, in Charlotte, we had Carolina Rebellion that was kind of the equivalent of that. Yeah. And that was, I can't remember when that was, but it was definitely not well, like in the middle like of summer. That's kind of like Ozfesty, right? A little like bit. big mainstream hard rock shit? Kind of, but it was also, there were bands that were heavy that yeah, were Yeah, there were some surprising niche picks from what I recall. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Like, I feel like Oceano played like a Carolina Rebellion one time. I can see that. Yeah. Just like some random shit, you know? Anyway. Bro, go to one minute and 40 seconds, dude. Yep. Oh, bro, moment of silence for... All the dead kids in the crowd. The kids in the pit, yeah. Um. <laughs> Do you guys remember the phenomenon of vocalists, um, pr- prospective vocalists, like high school or scene kids that would do like metal vocal covers or like screamo vocal covers on YouTube? Yeah. And it would just be them and they're like uh, in their bedroom holding like a remote up to their face. Yep. One of my friends was trying to be one of those and he tried to cover this song out of respect for their, not the dead, he's still alive, uh, but- People's privacy. I'm not going to look for it right now. But, um, <laughs> it he couldn't hit the highs or the lows. It's very, it's very difficult. This is a very proficient vocalist. Oh yeah, like ape. Well, yeah, we were talking about that probably in this song. As soon as we started playing the album, we're like, God, he has such a versatile range, dude. Well, he's got legendary highs and legendary lows. Yep. Usually, people are known for one or the other. Yeah, you can't usually scream that high and then also be able to like sound right. and this song i doesn't even have the lowest that he can actually go mm-hmm. but oh it gets lower yeah you you, norm, you normally can't do both like that like even talking about white chapel white chapel uh <laughs> white castle phil philip he is not necessarily <laughs> able to like get as high up yeah. as mitch lucker yeah. but he can get a little bit lower I that's think. what i dude so he, the- he tops out at like a mid high yeah, I mean, he's a little bit below. Like, if you watch the Phil Bozeman cover of Unanswered at the Mitch Lucker Memorial Show. Which is fucking sick, by the Dude, way. Dude, please go listen. If you haven't heard it's it. so good. This part specifically right here is toilet, bro. It's gutter. It's just <laughs> only way to describe it. But, you know, he's Will's- in his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> 
in his field. He did it for the kids, bro. He's like, this is the one time you just got to pay respect to Mitch. And then, like, I'm not going to be able to do it. But you, you can't even do it, dude. It sounds like a bathtub draining. It was the only, it was the closest thing to Alex Terrible that I've ever heard that's not Alex Terrible, you know? Yep. Kind of. But yeah, but he's two point. Well, not able to hit the same highs. Nope. So that was the shit about Mitch. It's that how the fuck are you able to get up there and down there at the same time? Just a monster. Now, obviously. A green monster. A green, <laughs> it should be said, too. I mean, obviously, his vocals were really heavily produced. I heard that, like, one thing he would do on the lows is he would gain it up, and there was a technique that he would use to hit this. But, again, I mean, everybody does vocal processing, so sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Asking Alexandria, I think, are one of the ones that pioneers the uh, double tracking yourself going very low and high at the same time. Yep. I yep. almost feel like that's cheating. This it sounds great. Gaining, gaining up your low vocals isn't cheating. Right. I don't think that, it does that, sound good. It sounds so fucking good though. Mm. Uh, some of my favorite moments in metalcore, that reckless and relentless album. Like, it's a good album to the stage. And, um, the fuck was track for? Is that the one with uh, a candlelit dinner with an immortal or am I? No, that, the that's the before. first that's one. That's a good song though. Yeah. Um, but the, the production on that shit on the vocals was incredible. I think I've talked about that before. That yeah. exact thing. Yeah, that that album's very good. The song that I always liked the most was the final track on the album, Morde Tabo. That one, I feel like I was into that song before I was into Deathcore, but because of like realizing like even that band could get that extreme, that there had to be bands that were always sounded like that and that I should be listening to them. That's mm-hmm. a good song, though. So it goes extremely hard. Yes. Um, you guys ready to go to Hand of a Killer, dude? Let's do it. Yo, play that intro. Not or not, it sounds really... Uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, yeah, so get ready for the next four minutes of your life. Yeah, bro, this is it. That's, um, that's the whole song. Three, four, dun, 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 This is where we start to get to uh, pinch harmonic heaven, which yes. is, um, it's the sign of a very technical, skilled guitarist that you can even do that. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, you I can s- teach you how to pinch harmonic in like five. I don't want to learn. Uh, all right. Well, that's why you haven't figured it out yet, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, bro. How fun is this riff to play as a competent guitarist, dude? Uh, it uh, sounds fun, dude. It sounds like it'd be a good time. No, 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 no. Yeah, just not for like four straight minutes. I guess that. Uh, well. But yeah. that, that depends on the person. Some people just like to groove. What's worth mentioning is that if you have really long fingers, just huge hands, yeah. then these songs are probably a lot more fun to play. I don't know how big Mark Heilman's hands, I looked up his name. Nice. Uh, I don't know how big his hands are, but I don't think that mine are big enough to, because he's riffing the whole time at like, in a, for listeners at home, I am stretching my hand as wide as it'll go and it's not all that wide. <laughs> um, you need to be several ticks wider to be able to like yeah. comfortably play like that. It's also worth mentioning that when you're tuned to the slow chords are kind of out of the question. So most of the album is just kind of uh, hitting really low notes and tremolo picking and stuff. Yeah. Single note chugs. Dude, well, is this the song that you were telling me that they are tuned lower then the song is actually played and they're making sure that they always hit that bottom string until the breakdown. Is that this one? Oh, that's every, every song. Oh, okay. They, right. uh, yeah, they're tuned to like a or something. I can drop a or something, something ridiculous. But, and they, I think they play seven uh, strings too. Yeah. So, yeah. so that probably helps actually, but Definitely. the, um, they'll play most of a song like fretting the first fret, which if you they never how, go lower than the first, if fret. you, yeah, if you don't know how, um, guitars work, it's basically like, you're just playing like, 
the note above the, the lowest note, note above the lowest possible note. Right. And so you think, oh, that's the heaviest this is going to get. But then they'll at certain points in most of these songs, they'll um, they'll unleash that lower note. They'll play the open string, and you're not expecting it because you didn't think they could play that low, but they can, and it's sick. They'll 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 show they'll make you believe that the floor is where it is, and then they'll introduce you to the basement. Yeah, right, right. That's a. I'm really glad you told me that because I never thought of that before, and it's such a good idea. It is, but I, dude, how often are you hitting an open string though? And how tedious is it to have to always go back to that first fret? Like, oh, it's obviously, a, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Which I, I'm guessing, like they're just all holding, there, right? Just playing most of the song, kind of in that. I right. think that's why so many of their riffs sound like this. They hover around the first four frets, yeah, so basically. they can actually keep, keep riffing up. while holding the first. Which makes yeah. the songs where they spider up and down the fretboard jump out at me a lot more. I think. Yeah. yeah. There are some where they're clearly like playing the whole guitar. Right. So that being said, go to 36 seconds, bro. We gotta, we gotta listen to the cool thing on this one. Tell us what you like about this part. What the fuck are you getting at, dude? All right, look, what I'm getting at is that for the first like 30 something seconds, it's just that riff. And then at 36 seconds, now it's a song. The rest of the song kicks in. So it's like you've kicked in the thing, right? So like this is how they're keeping you interested in that similar like da na 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 you know, for the entire three minutes. Yeah, it's true. A lot of these songs are very claustrophobic where they kind of hit you with everything in the first like second and then they play the whole song like that, give or take some whiplashing moments. But there are a couple songs where they give you the groove and they stay in the pocket for a while and then they start adding stuff a little slower. It's true. Yeah. And uh, that was one thing you mentioned, Will, was that just no rest. You don't get any breaks. Yeah, these first five songs, you really don't get any breaks. Yeah, they're There's just like fucking relentless. The I guess first four songs, because the following kind of has like, it has like a 1.5 second rest almost a little where they're, they're, they're merely <laughs> groaning chugging and clattering drums and they're not everything all at the same time Man. but uh yeah it's it's very much breakneck for the first while so we talked about pinch harmonics a second ago i think at like 318 is an example of that <laughs> textbook pinch harmonics special touch that makes it that much um what's what's the term people always for this brutal everyone was <laughs> brutal was such a meme for a really long time yeah it really was like it, it became if you call something brutal it was but yeah it, very it, cringe you gotta spell it with two zeros too it's not like b-r-u-t-a right i think that's the cool thing about somewhere about suicide silence though is that i mean you can write this formula down on paper and it wouldn't even take up that much paper you know mm-hmm. it's like play the first four frets get a seven string fucking turn up your gain and turn your bass all the way up and then just add a pinch harmonic every couple of measures and you've you got death core, but they do that like every other band did with but excellence. Yeah. It sounds so much better. So I would much rather listen to the songwriting you were talking about earlier. Well, no, it's man. gotta be dude. I don't know what the fuck else to attribute it. Like seriously it's just though, so good. This is the two thousand. All right. We, when we covered Costum, remember we were listening to Bonebreaker, and I was like, there's nothing special about this, but it's just yes. performed with excellence, dude. Right. That's kind of what this fucking album is. It's like any individual element taken on its own. It's kind of like, all right, yeah, that's it's pretty textbook in a almost generic way, but combined together, played with the level of excellence. I don't, I don't know. know if I can agree with that because Bonebreaker seems derivative while 
this seems formative, right? Everybody talks about how suicide silence like defined deathcore. Yeah. Modern well, deathcore is copying this. This was sure loosely interested in death metal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. But the point that I'm getting at, though, is that the combination of the elements, while it is innovative, when looked at individually, are not extreme in any way. There's nothing that you, like, there's no like, wow, dude, that guitar is something that we'll never hear again type of shit. I don't know if I'm, my point's coming across at all. No, I think I think it is. You're saying that if you isolate any particular instrument necessarily, you're not hearing you know the best version of that. No, I, yeah. I, I'd argue the vocals are standout and that it makes everything else work. But okay, yeah. If it's true that the combination of everything does create more than just the the elements of being brutal, is that the control of dynamics and ability to constantly surprise and scare you like makes a big difference too. Mm. The the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I agree with you about the vocals too. That is the standout element, I guess. But musically, right? And the guitarists definitely want you to know that even as they're playing one of the on the surface stupidest kinds of guitar based music you can that they know their shit. They know how to play guitar. Like they're, they're shredding. They're going in. And they're also doing this the entire time. There's no breaks. So, uh, you guys ready to move to the price of beauty? Yep. All right, man. Uh, Yo, uh, play that intro, dude. And there's your everything out of the gate. Dude, yeah, like, dude, I like how it's like really low and then you keep your fucking mouth shut. It's like the high, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, just no, no time to transition. Low, high, low, high, you know? Yep. Throwing out some trivia. This um, one has a very grotesque music video and it <laughs> was not allowed on TV, I think. Really? Was well, this the one? It's, it's the one where they're cutting the girl's face up. Yes. Oh, well, that matches the lyrics exactly. Yeah. So. I was yeah. going to say, that's literally what the lyrics are. The Silent Hill vibe. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> they, they practice what they preach with this. Um, <laughs> Definitely do. Very artistically, you know, they have a lot of integrity with that. Uh, yo, go to forty seconds, bro. I just wrote snare. Is that shit iconic? Yeah, I, I think feel so. Like it is. This was all right. Will you would know better than me, man? Is this the first time they had the really fucking wet snare in the death metal song? It couldn't have been, right? I don't, I honestly don't know, but I feel like one of the things that's cool about the drums here is that they're obviously using real drums and the yep. trash can snare. That's an yep. artistic statement because think of albums that use that successfully. Um, or they use it at all. There's Metallica Saint Anger and everyone hates that. Yeah, because it sounds like shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't listen to oldies music, so I'm not really familiar with actual <laughs> music, but uh, Trash Can Snare and that, big statement, everyone hates it. Um, I, the used in love and death, Trash Can Snare, acquired taste, but super sick. Also clearly a statement, it's the only album they have that has that. This album, Trash Can Snare, it cuts through everything. Yeah, It, it adds to the... Um, you're just in like a dank garage vibe. Right. We've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, but like a, a lot of American bands, especially American metal bands use a very, very dry like really sound. Tight. Yeah. And you typically get this wetter sound, uh, this, <laughs> this wetter snare sound in Japanese bands and, you know, stuff, the Asian. It's like math rock in general. Yeah. Dude, there was one time yeah, yeah. we were listening to a track and Tanelo was like, bro, that snare is shaking the earth, bro. That snare is rattling in my head forever. And I'm like, bro, it's just a snare. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And ever since their snare has like kind of become a meme. Joe has an eye for the details. He does, bro. He's an very- ear. Sorry, an ear. An ear. An ear, yeah. <laughs> I know what you meant though. Um, have you, okay, have you listened to Ire by Parkway Drive? 
chunks of it. They're another band that I like the album Everyone Hates, Atlas, and I haven't followed them since then. <laughs> that album is bad. Atlas is okay, That's bro. all right. It's okay. No, but okay, but the, the snare in that entire album is ridiculous. I'm going to check it out just for that. Good. Nice. All right, sweet. Uh, okay. Go, <laughs> go to a minute and 45. I drew a little diagram of what I think the guitar is doing at this point, dude. Um, I... <laughs> Oh, yeah. For listeners at home, it is just the McDonald's logo. That's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, it's kind of zigzags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember why I wrote that down. <laughs> we got Will swinging again. That dun 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 He's like staying on the bottom a little bit, maybe. Uh, yeah, he's kind of like rolling around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like sweeps, which we'll get into. Like where it's going like straight up and straight down, but it's more like, you know what I mean? He's playing the whole guitar. He's getting his money's worth. <laughs> He's getting his money's worth out of those yeah. strings. Fuck yeah, bro. I like those kinds of riffs because they're, you know, it's typically you go from your first finger to your pinky, like, and then you just kind of walk up and down the the strings, mm-hmm. but you kind of use the same fingers and it sounds cool. It's a cool yeah. texture. Yeah, man. Um, and then finally, go to two minutes and 30 seconds, dude. Holy shit. Dude, just like the price. Like just two words, but just like, oh, yeah. I heard that. I was like, all right, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's, that's how I describe every time I'm like, oh, yeah, Mitch Lucker is the goat just because when I hear his vocals, I'm like, I don't know why, but this. I think that's always this. Up to this point, I think that's the lowest he's gotten. Maybe I'm wrong, but I have a note that one of these songs is the lowest he's gone, but I can't remember which it is because I can't read my own handwriting. We'll get to it. (laughs) Fuck yeah. But dude, I just, they do. fucking love it. I I just love the style of breakdown. I can't put my finger on why. So let's go to the next song, dude. Good songwriting. Uh, The Fallen. The Fallen. Uh, I've, you know, again, I have a little bit of history with this album, not a ton. I've listened to it a couple times. This was usually a skip for me, hmm. but finally hearing it like in its entirety and catching all the bits where there's like some dope vocals going on. I really love this track now. So do you know like a specific part or like just in general? Um, I actually think it. Yeah. At uh one minute, 41 second, I think. I threw away my notes because that's the kind of guy I am, I guess. So that's the intro. I don't know if you could tell the difference between that and anything else. Hey, man, I just want to point this out. Remember the immemorial essence problem where they just hit you with the wall of sound? Yep. Yeah, Suicide Silence completely averts that by having drum hits before the thing actually drops in. That's what I was saying, dude. That's all you fucking all need. All you have to do is hit the snare once just and dun, I'm ready. Dun, dun, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, anyway. <laughs> a minute 41, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I wrote this down too. There's like a BPM change or some shit. This is the first time that they've played... Sorry, I was talking while the music was playing. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, this, that, that's like the first moment that you actually hear them play like a sustained, like actual melody. Yeah, an like, actual chord. And there, it goes back to the dynamic question of like, you, you got four songs where they're just like hitting you and then like they give you that. And it's like, we haven't heard that yet. 
Right. And then it's like, whoa. And then yeah. they kill you a second and a half later. What was amazing to me about this point in the album was how quick we got here. Yeah. It's like we hit play and then two seconds later we were listening to the fall. And I'm I like, mean, whoa, what dude, happened? we were sitting here jamming, right? Like Will's thrashing and punching holes in your wall. I'm writing shit down. I get like halfway through the paper, look up, we're on song five. And I'm like, wait, we just started. Like mentally, I was <laughs> right. still like in first song. You know what I mean? Right. It keeps you engaged for at least this long. It doesn't like bore you. Like, yeah, for this, sure. This type of music can get very samey and exhausting. And a hundred percent agree. Uh, 44 minutes is a lot to ask of someone to listen to this. It really is. <laughs> this album doesn't, it doesn't bore you so much as tire you out. I would say it, it lands on that side of the spectrum. Yeah. That's for me, that's a lot of stuff in this, in these genres, you know, mm-hmm. kind of metal in general kind of lands on that for me. Um, I, definitely on the heavier side of things like brand of sacrifice is that for me too. Sure. I get to the end of a full brand of sacrifice album and I'm just tired or like, you know, I don't know, man, we talk about, well, monasteries. There oh, yeah, was five absolutely. songs, and at the end of that fifth song, um, <laughs> I felt like I'd listened to like a two disc set. Bro, yeah, we get to the end band, of Silence, you know? and I'm like, yeah, well, we'll show you this band too. But it's like literally, there are so many parts in all those songs that by the end of track five, the EP is over, and you're like, I feel like I listened to an entire album. It's funny that you bring that up because I've always held that like the best length for a deathcore album specifically is actually EP length, and the yep. Infinite Death yeah. EP by. The band that did that, it's not as good anymore. Uh, <laughs> Who the fuck is that? I know, I've seen, I know that EP. I've, we can add it in post. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> EPs is, uh, and Chelsea Grin, they also had an EP that I think I might be the only person to listen to it, but it's my favorite Chelsea Grin release. Dude. Oh my God. The one with Lilith on it. Evolve, yeah, right? Um, I Wait, think the people first didn't EP? like it because it with had the like slash something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think people didn't like it because it had something kind of like singing in it a little bit before Suicide Silence started singing. So that's worth mentioning. But um, is it though? Well, no, man. Listen, I but it's short. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, it was after Desolation of Eden, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I fucking love that. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Fuck yeah, uh, Will. It's like Desolation if it was just Desolation was shorter and they didn't include anything I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Wait, yeah. Are we not talking about the, the first Chelsea Green EP? Okay, oh, no, no, we're not. terrible. We're Sorry not. to fans of action. Okay, cool. I'm, 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 I'm glad we agree on that point because I heard that EP when it dropped. I'm I, a, I saw it on iTunes and I thought it fucking yeah. sucked. I'm a fake Deathcore fan. I don't like Big Squeals. Big Squeals are bad. I mean, no, dude. Pig spills are great if used correctly. We have a variety of opinion on the subject here. Yeah, dude. I they they need to be peppered in like sparingly if you abuse them, which is do them at, at any length of period of time. Like, I'm over it. No. So more than zero times. All right. <laughs> How about this? What are your thoughts on Breeze, bro? Are Breeze in the same pass? Bad. pass? Bad. Yeah. Bad. Are they different? Bad. No, that's okay. That's the question. Breeze and pig squeals. I kind of keep them in the same category. I thought right? bad, bad. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, Dude, yeah. a crazy, like send them to the slaughterhouse Brie, like the meme, dude. That doesn't, you guys don't like that? No, it's just a meme. I'm not familiar with the meme, but. What what song is that, dude? It's called the fucking dystopian some shit by Acrania. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, the I fucking, hang on. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Will, my apologies. We're tangenting. We're going to edit this in post. Yeah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> half of this episode is just going to be. There we go. Disillusion oh. of a Discordant System by Acrania. It's kind of like a slam band, and it's got the big famous Send Them to the Slaughterhouse. Send Them to the Slaughterhouse! No, pass. I don't like that. Okay, interesting. That's why I don't like uh, fucking... What, slam? Well, yeah, but uh, specifically, who, within Destruction, mm. their last album, not Yokai, Death Wish. Okay. It's very Brie heavy, and as a result of that, I don't fuck with it. 
But Yokai, they kind of reeled the breeze in a little bit. They use them a little bit more tastefully, and that's a great album. Yeah. I'm a high vocals purist. If you can't hit, <laughs> if you can't organically hit a high note like like Mitch basically can. Right. Uh, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be taking shortcuts to get there. Yeah. And <laughs> no big squeals and those kinds of things, they're shortcuts. They just make you sound like an amateur. Whoa, wow. Dude. Is that too Whoa. harsh? Hell yeah. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Fucking hot take. Holy shit. It's okay, man. No, one no I fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. Fucking A. All right. Anyone have anything else to say about the fallen? <laughs> uh, yo, dude, go to uh go to 45 seconds. Alright, bro, so doesn't that sound like a chainsaw? The dun 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 Sounds like a dirt bike. Oh yeah, or that. Like just one of those like high uh you know, smaller internal combustion engines on tools. I, I can see things. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In my head, I always was like, oh yeah, it's a fucking chainsaw sound. And then I heard it everywhere after I like put a name on it. You I know? get that vibe. Yeah. When I was listening to this song, I, I mentioned the, the band portal, Australian metal band portal um, earlier before we were recording, but that this song and that particular riff is what kind of like made me think of them again, because that particular like, um, motorbike sound. That's their entire sound. Okay, so, that's all they do. Um, if you have a speaker system at home and you try to listen to them and you try to EQ it, you're not going to be able to. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what they sound like. Good band. Nice, cool. Uh, bro, should we play the breakdown on this one, dude? I, 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 I don't think we have a choice in the matter. Okay, frankly. cool. Three minutes and fifty seconds. Been five tracks and Mitch hasn't clipped a breakdown. That's what I was just thinking to myself. The dude. world is ending. Yeah, well, normally we clip a breakdown every like 20 seconds, but I've been yeah. trying to hold back. It's really annoying. Yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> that's yeah. why um, death metal people don't like deathcore. Because it doesn't have breakdowns. They, they don't like the breakdowns. Well, fuck them, dude. They just like, <laughs> just like the um, tremolo picking. I'm going to try to, dude, Will, you've inspired that's, me. That's dude. I'm going to try to have shit, hard dude. opinions here. Oh, here good. Out, Thank God. All right, here we go. Breakdown time. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I bro. think when we were asking earlier, what was that? Previous the song, lowest. the lowest. I think this yeah. is the lowest. It might be the lowest for the whole album. I honestly can't remember. Dude, it's the, fucking low. The word right there is beautiful horse. Fun fact. Yeah. You've fallen off this beautiful horse. Don't know what that means, but I'm I'm here for it. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's that it sounds like that. And um it's I get poetic. Yeah, right? I think the lyrics in this that. have has something to do with like Christian rehabil- rehabilitation centers being fake. And like not actually helping people. Something like that. I think this song, when they're referring to the fallen, I think they're referring to themselves from a Christian perspective being the fallen because they no longer believe. Mm. Well, because that's what, it, like in, in the super Christian camp, when you refer to people that are no longer in uh, the in the system, in the religion, they in, are the in fallen. In the system? Yeah. I'm having hard opinions today, bro. <laughs> in the matrix. Yeah. Um, I, I've never heard that personally. You might be right. I mean, Lucifer, Fallen Angel type shit, but right. I thought it was fallen from, well, yeah, fallen, fallen from, from grace. From grace. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're getting at kind of 
what I've identified as the philosophy of this album. If we can agree that music in general, if you're making music, that is your attempt to almost like bring the infinite uh, heaven closer and like try to uh, observe or comment on it or um, reference it in some way. This album is doing that, but it's doing it with the message, you know, people are born evil and they delude themselves into uh, ruining their own lives and others in the name of the infinite, something that should objectively be good Mm. in theory. So I don't know. I haven't fully formulated my thoughts on this, but that is an interesting take. Well, it's um, in some sense pointing out the flaw with the idea that there could be a God that is infinitely knowledgeable, infinitely good, but also infinitely just in the light of suffering in the world. Right. And then they ask the question, why is there so much suffering? Is it us or is it God? Who's doing this? Who's actually responsible? It's probably us. And they probably <laughs> land on the, the, the point of we can't be responsible for all of the pain and suffering in the world. So fuck that. Therefore, we are the fallen. That's kind of how I understood the lyrics of this song. And that's the thing. Even if you're wrong, you're right, you know? Yeah, sure. Because it's all still well, really yeah, vague. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with over-interpreting the lyrics of this album is a lot of them are vague enough to kind of take you know, however you want, which I think may or that, may not be by design. No, but Yeah. Here's the thing, bro. I think the vague lyrics are the best because they're the most applicable. So if someone is being insane, like hyper descriptive and sort of locking the whole song into one narrative or one idea, there's not room for applicability to your own life. You're just listening to someone else's story. But if something is really vague, you can attach it to an experience and memory that you have. And it creates meaning for you as well. Is applicability a word? That's a cool word. I mean, if sing along ability is a word, then applicability well, should be a word. <laughs> sing along like ability is definitely is a word. Definitely not a word. <laughs> applicability, yeah, yeah, it's a word. It's got to be a is word. Is it? Yeah, it does I'm, not. Have I'm going to throw word. it out that I think there is a place for vagueness, but I also think when you get the most specific, like um, the best Sufjan work, like where he's literally autobiographical <laughs> about you know some of the most like dark personal stuff that he yeah. can think of. Like that's what makes those special is that we're kind of seeing like a picture of a person, but, um, but it, I think it's just as valuable to try and comment on something universal in a way that can be universally understood, even if not universally agreed with, which it's probably a stretch with this type of music. Definitely. For sure. Um, you guys ready for no pity for a coward? I'm never really ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to be fair. Uh, yeah, play that intro, dude. I think we're setting a standard here. It's no fucking breaks. iconic. No breaks on this one. Zero. Bro, that is such, I've listened to this song so many fucking times, dude. Yep. I feel like everybody has. This yep. is probably, well, this is one of the big two on this album that everybody would know, right? Yeah. This is a huge song. Very well known. Very frequently covered song. You know, uh, shit, dude. I don't Been know. Rings of Saturn. a lot of episodes of the Oprah show. Really? Surprising number of them. Really? She can't stop talking about it. Are you serious? <laughs> Actually, though. What? what the fuck? Oh, dude, well, you, my bad, dude. We, we ruined your joke by taking you seriously. Jesus Christ. That was so convincing. <laughs> you just imagine Oprah sitting there talking to another housewife like, 
Honestly, just no pity for a coward speaks to my soul, you know? No, no, no. But she's doing what we're doing here, just like playing clips of the song. <laughs> I've never heard this This before. is fucking rad. Doesn't this shit it, rip, bro? This shit goes. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that drum though, in the beginning, that da, 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 and the, like behind the chainsaw riffing guitar shit, bro, really just kind of makes it, you know? Yeah, it's fucking great. They're making sure that we're going fast, you know? Like if anything, if we need, if there was a question, we're moving. Yep. Yeah. Um, Every single intro on this entire album is like, yeah, no, we're going fast still. Mm-hmm. So, so a second ago we were talking about vocals and you said that like layered up vocals when you have highs and lows at the same time is kind of cheating. So like it's I, studio trickery. Okay. I want to understand. I want to make sure go to 50 seconds, dude. Is this what you're talking about? Or did I misunderstand you? <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. It is layered. Yep, I wonder if it's him doing. I assume live, like they have a second person to do the other half of that, or they just do one part. Yeah, or they back. They have the backtrack of one, and he does the other. Yeah, there's something still feels very um, organic. Like you're actually in that, um, you know, nasty parking garage, and he's just like doing that at you, making that sound at you. Mm. Like uh, if it, it does feel like that, like it feels like the body horror thing. It's just like yeah. that that monster that's just crept out of the sewer should not be able to make that sound, but he's doing it. Yeah. That's a Kevinism. It's like, I like the way they made those sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. A Kevinism. What a prophet. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, if you ever meet Kevin, dude, you'll know what we're talking about. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, man, to your point where this sounds like a just fucking like a monster, you know, yeah. it, you know, how people can sing bitonal. You know, there's like some people that can. Yeah, like, super freaky. They are like like really skilled beatboxers. How they can do two different things at the same time. Right. I wonder if the day will ever come where somebody can do this live, like sing a high and a low simultaneously. I sincerely doubt it. It's probably impossible. Yeah, but we can dream. Because bitonal singing is is as like a very distinct timbre to it. Yeah, and it's strange. It's otherworldly. It's yeah. cool, but I watched a YouTube video of someone doing it. I was like, okay, this isn't universally applicable, but. Imagine if like it became kind of a biological imperative to be able to do that for whatever reason. Like I, I can't think that far into what would cause that, but if you given enough time, if humanity didn't just like obliterate itself, like um, this album says is going to happen. If you, w- if the people that were best at bitonal singing were the strongest and survived and then everyone could do that, but they could reach like points of. So you're saying eventually on a long enough timeline, someone would be able to do it. Yeah. Cause like, if you just like, if the people that are best at this already are the most fit to continue on because it's now a biological imperative to be able to sing like that, then the ceiling would necessarily increase. Like you get people that are better and better at it generationally until eventually maybe you would just have someone that could uh, scream both the highest and the lowest pitches just like this. You have somebody with like a really altered vocal cord setup in their throat. Or two mouths. Or they just, yeah. Yeah, or like- They just develop two mouths, yeah. They can just harmonize with themselves. Everyone can now. They, everyone has two heads. That'd be kind That's of That's the sick. outcome that I hadn't considered. Holy fuck. I love this tangent. My brain is getting stretched right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, because, like, why would the person who was able to sing bitonally, I guess that's just really, really appealing that he can do that. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's the person who uh, creates the most children. It's what we have now instead of um, a nice smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to, like, pick somebody up and you just scream at them with two tones. There's a very specific type of pop music that requires this, and it's the <laughs> best pop music. <laughs> Bro, it's the new mating call. You know what I mean? Just, like, two-tone, yeah, pop music. <laughs> So, uh, 
I'm trying to like. But you always hit a point where you just realize you're repeating what was just said. You're like, oh yeah, fuck. I'm, I'm sorry, anyway. dude. Because Will, you're, you're spitting gold. This is really fucking hilarious, and I just can't even. Yeah, okay. I'm just sitting over here enthralled. To cut it. There's not I'm still time. just, I'm, oh, just, it's, I'm pondering it's the implications of this, dude. This is incredible. No, so in my head, when I started talking, I was just thinking like, <laughs> this is the conclusion of that. Right. Good Lord, man. I so, love it. Go to 127, dude. That moment sold like a million warp tour tickets. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All day. I was gonna say if you took like a 10 second clip of a suicide silence song and showed it to someone who hasn't heard suicide silence to try to get them into it, it would be that clip for me to some degree, right? That's the most accessible low breakdown on the whole album. I mean, we'll get there, but... Well, kind of. This is the beginning <laughs> of the most accessible breakdown on the album. Well, to your point, it's very clear that he's saying, you coward, right here. Exactly. That's going on the shirt. You need to be able to remember that moment. Yep. Right. Otherwise, no one's going to know why the shirt does that. Yeah, bro. And then it's like right after this, though, if you want to just play it. Before we get to the soul-crushing end of this song, I just noticed that there's a big rising energy throughout each one of these slight changes. Mm-hmm. It's the same riff, but the drums are always doing something different, and it feels like it's getting faster, even though it's obviously not. Yeah, you know? it's uh, a maximalist approach to writing. It's so that, fucking like, cool. You can't settle into something for very long, and if you're going to have a part that repeats, then you know you can't have the whole thing repeat. Something else has to be gaining steam. 100%. Dude, that's a yeah. That's gaining. How, that's how M83 albums are written. Why not this? <laughs> that is the most opposite possible kind of music. Well, Fuck yeah, M83. <laughs> anyway, I'll show you something that happened. Right, cool. I'm just gonna add it to the after the show list. <laughs> uh, yeah, hit it. Yeah, that whole part just lives rent free, dude. Uh, it's fucking rent great. Free in my head. So yeah. good. If you're a terrible guitarist, then that sweet picking <laughs> is very difficult to play. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were trying to call out terrible guitarists. Like, this well, is the bar. If you can't play me. that. I'm I'm terrible. Guitarist. I was gonna, yeah, yeah self deprecating for sure. No, but, I know, but yeah, no, uh, this is entry level sweet picking. Yeah, it's fucking hard. It is, dude. Sweet picking's fucking hard, dude. Play no, sweet picking's one of those things where it's really hard. It's it's like impossible until you get it, and then it's like, oh, I can just do it all day. It requires dexterity. Yeah, it does. It requires hours and hours of practice. Sucks. You lost me there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the fuck is time for practicing instruments? Yeah, I mean, so chances are, if you know of one breakdown on this album, it's probably that one. Yeah. That's that's the big famous one. I don't know. My perspective on that particular issue is warped just because of my love for track eight coming up here. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but well, it's I, almost like the underrated classic compared to the 12 million. Uh, the, the, I, I'm looking at Spotify and. Legend has a third the number of listeners. It's fucking sad because it's fire. I don't understand because that's but we'll, we'll, technically the best song on the album. Hey, amen, dude. Sick. 
So um, spoilers for later in the album. (laughs) Actually, we'll we'll get to that. uh, Yo, controversial move here. Just for the sake of time, do you want to skip disease and go straight to bludgeon here, dude? Sure. I have one thing to say about the disease, which is that that's where we start to get the new metal riff. And that's actually the only like technically new metal sounding riffs that we get on the album, which is really weird because one, this band went full new metal for a couple of albums, basically, which at the time made sense because the style had moved that way. Uh But to include a Slipknot slash corn riff as your main like hook for a song in an album like this that came out at this time. Really weird. Nobody else was doing right. that. Nobody else liked new metal anymore. It was not popular. It wasn't cool. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. So, Will, to that point, I think what he's talking about is at 154. Correct me if I'm wrong. On the disease? Yeah. I think it was at the beginning of the song, honestly. Oh, okay. Let's, let's just hit yeah, that just intro. Hit the beginning, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, weird. There, there was no good band doing that. Like there were only like legacy new metal bands that were still doing that. Yeah, like there wasn't there wasn't a, a popular new hype band doing that. No, right? Yeah, except well, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a weird thing in metal where just eventually all the bands that didn't make it burn out, and then you just have legacy bands doing the exact same shit they did before that still sells. But if anybody new tries to do it, it just doesn't sell. I mean, that's where this band is now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> dead ass. They are, they well, are yeah. the legacy acts. No one cares about it, fucking dead ass, dude. Except us. We love them. Yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing, man. It all it illustrates the importance of credibility. Yeah. Before we go into Bludgeon, I have an anecdote. One time, I had a dream that uh, Corey Taylor had died, and they needed. <laughs> this was a, a at Not Fest, and they needed me to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, so I went up on stage like all confident because I've listened to plenty of Slipknot first song <laughs> didn't remember any of the lyrics i got i got i got Ooh, so yeah. hard they fired me oh well they I mean, fired you on st- yeah, wow all right so uh bludgeon to death dude you want to play that intro yeah Dude, Yo, dude, favorite intro so far. It's the best. That, this like, song is the best. The dude. fucking riff, that dun dun dun, dun you know, that's like kind of in there. This is the um the er deathcore song. It's perfect on every level. It it's you know the perfect length, uh, sub three minutes. Yep. It has the best breakdown, which I yep. haven't listened to yet. We'll get I there. Have a note here saying it is the lowest Mitch folks. So oh. we must have. We must. It must be this one then. Nice. I'm cool with it. So uh, 35 seconds. As a music video too of a guy that is, I think it's like infrared camera and he's bludgeoning someone. As you do. Yeah. Dude, I mean, following the theme of the music video so far, right? Like just. And the, this music video I remember has like an animation component. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the title of the song really lets you know what you're in for, both for the song itself and the yeah. video. It's multimedia synergy. Which was weird at the time because I remember hearing the breakdown, which we're going to listen to soon. <laughs> We're really hyping this shit up. But just like hearing the song in general, just falling in love with it immediately and then realizing it was called Bludgeon to Death and then knowing I had to hide it. You know what From I mean? From like your your parents. Right. Yeah, like, what are you listening to, Joe? And then you're like... Billy, Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Mentioning a kind of weird thing, they censored the name of the song on a lot of platforms to just bludgeoned. Like, they cut out two deaths, but they didn't actually change the lyrics or anything. Right. I'm curious about that because... You know, that's the whole album. 
to death. So, <laughs> so if you're listening to that, then yeah, I you think know, you get it. You, you shouldn't, shouldn't be surprised, I guess. I do kind of like the name bludgeoned more a little bit. Just as a, it's just nice and concise, you know. I mean, you know, we got two good options here. Sure, yeah. And also on that note, sorry to beleaguer this, um, but the music video cuts out the fucking in the breakdown. Oh. I didn't know that. Or I didn't remember that. Maybe I blocked it out because I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> let's actually, let's, let's go ahead and get to that breakdown. When so, you're that age, there's nothing more upsetting than censored music. Yeah. Oh, it's like, so stupid. Like now it annoys me because like there's gaps missing, but at the time it was like, who do you think I am? I'm 12. I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, dude, last episode. Hey, I, shut the fuck. Play the Hold breakdown. on. Wait, wait, hold okay. on. Hold on. Uh, last episode, I played a Hollywood Undead song. And I, you know, obviously it's fucking fire because it's Hollywood Undead. <laughs> <laughs> just got a fucking side eye from Will, but it was Undead, and that song is just filled with horrible words, which is great. But we always link the official shit in our bio, right? In the description for each episode, we link the official whatever the official channel is. Yeah, we try to find the 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 band who posted the right. video for the YouTube the only link. official video I could find was edited to all fuck, so half the words are cut out. Oh, they did Donda before Donda was the thing. That's the official version is the clean version. Ew. Damn, dude. Yeah, well, and also fuck makes up a good percentage of the words in that song too. So the, yep. the censored version must just be like. It's half like DJ scratches and like reversed words. It sounds like ass. Ah, I get it. It's a bad word. Fuck. Fucking why? I mean, whatever. Anyway, so 35 seconds. <laughs> Watch this not even be it. I'm pretty sure it is, but yeah. I love the fucking quarter slams after it too. Like Jesus. they just got that second death, like boom, boom, boom. Fucking. I don't know what the fuck happened when they put this masterpiece together, but I just remember listening to this for the first time and just being absolutely floored. Number one, this is happening at 35 seconds. So you just been no breaks. Yeah. You know, no, you've yeah. Getting punched in the face for 30 seconds. And they're like, <laughs> doctors won't be able to recognize your fucking face. And yep. the thing it's also does not line up with the rhythm of the song whatsoever. Nope. It's just like, he's losing his fucking mind. Yep. You know it's a mean? complete non sequitur. And I love it. This is, I'm going to anecdotally mention their self-titled album. The coolest thing about that album is how rarely the drums actually sync up with the rest of the music. Like they play out of, out of time. Most Are you talking of the about the EP album? No, the self-titled album. Oh the one, the yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the one that sucks. They, they play the guitar out. They play the uh, drums out of time with the rest of the instruments most of the time because they're they're clearly like doing it with real drums, but they're also trying to be creepy, and yeah. and it works. But it's it's an example it's to me of how being on beat is overrated. And this album's another, or this song is another one. Yeah. That, um, these are rules made to hold you down. Uh, you just play whatever you want. I feel that. It's funny. I've said the exact opposite thing before in a podcast, but I can't remember when. Like, no, man, that shit needs to be synced up, but I can't remember what the, I don't know, this, yeah, whatever. This, it's just, you know. Yeah, right here. It's perfection. Yeah, well, and again, he's able to express himself a lot more by not being shackled to the BPM as you were. Exactly. Yep. It's so, just, it's just it chaos. It's just yeah. pissed off chaos. And uh, so, yeah, the, the rhythm in the music video, instead of the doctors won't be able to recognize your fucking face, it's the doctors won't be able to recognize your face. 
It just hits. It still, it still works. It's not, it's honestly not Dude, bad. When you, all right, so I haven't seen the video. I thought you meant it was like, the doctors won't be able to recognize your face. Like, I thought- No, they don't cut it. They just, they literally cut it and then- Just, just clip it yeah. together. And it honestly works. I, but I was very surprised the first time I listened to the actual song because I didn't know the fucking was in there and it threw me for a loop. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Well, the rest of the arrangement for that moment is silence. So exactly. They could just cut the measure. Yep. True. That makes sense. So um, there's actually another breakdown in the song, dude. Yeah, there is. And I think it's where, might be where the really low part is at 154. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, bro. What do you think? Lowest? I think so. There's Just the, There's the big chords, and then it kind of goes down. Dude, like the or- yeah, chords. So, right? like, maybe yeah. for that microsecond, that, it's just, that's like... Cl- that's clearly, like, the lowest his voice is capable of going. I don't right. know about the guitars, but his voice, definitely. Guitars can always go lower, dude. They can. Yeah, but, no, nah, dude, that's the most brutal way I've ever heard the word because said in my entire life, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And I just... Again, to belier the point that cuz at the end of it, that yeah, be the cause. Right. I don't know nearly enough about vocals to comment on what's actually going on, but it's going to be such a goofy I episode. Going. I love it. Just going for it. Well, so that, yeah, really, I just don't know what I'm talking about ever. So we're just saying shit, but yeah, it's, it hits. Well, yeah, that's, that's the podcast. That's kinda, yeah, it's just, beautiful. Perfect song. <laughs> <laughs> so 10, you, out of, 10 out of 10, bro. 10 out of 10. So, uh, Girl of Glass, dude, track nine. This is the one that has the best riff on the album. Hot nice. Okay. So, it's not that one, but it's, like, the part after that. So, th- this is a bit of a hot take here, but, like, it, even though we've been listening to a full album of just the that, like... Just this. For some reason, I don't like that intro. I, you know I, I don't know. I don't know why. There's no drums to lead you in, dude. No, there are. Did I just not hear it? Well, there's no like single drums, but it doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's just like the for some reason you're this getting, is too like dissonant and chaotic. You're getting road 23 right now in a sense, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, kinda. I think what's happened is just like we're on track nine of a yeah, four album. Yeah, yeah. So, we're so getting, I'm getting road 23, and we just came out of a, a song that. Can't be beat. Yeah. That can't be beat and also does introduce like some kind of different things. So this is us going back to the unanswered formula. You know what? That's exactly and, what it is. Yep. You know, we've in a way we've kind of heard this, but luckily the song, the reason I like it is it throws in a bunch of stuff that you haven't heard yet. Right. But that particular part, yeah, it's just kind of like back to the show. Dude, I before we get into like the musical analysis of this song, I think that it's really creatively brutal with the lyrics and the imagery. So like it's talking about a woman who's made of glass and that she's fragile and brittle. And then she starts to crack. So she would rather throw herself off the shelf and completely shatter, but you can't. Right. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm not really doing the song a service by describing it in this way, but it's just such a creative way to end up at something that's like very dark and violent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause the, the connotation around glass is that it's shiny and you know, new and, and all this right, shit. right, right. But then we're now making that a reason for someone to kill themselves because of an imperfection within that. It's showing, you know, it's expanding the dimensions of this world that they're creating and also like continuing to allude to the points of um, being horrible yourself. So you have to destroy yourself or others. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I tend to read this shit way more on the surface than y'all. So 
Apo. This is this is a pretty cool perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm a lyric guy at heart. We got to tone it back a little bit because it's not good for the podcast. But like, yeah, it's really boring to listen to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to talk about. Yeah, I know. It's, so much, it's yeah. really fun to talk about. But you listening back, we're like, wow, I just want to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man. Uh, yeah, but this song. All I right, feel you. the riff that Will is talking about is at one minute. Oh, by the way, thanks for taking note of that. Yeah, I got you, bro. best riff on the album it's that one that's the one that like plays in my mind just at random hmm it's almost like the jaws type of thing dun, 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 dun. just bum, to build bum, suspension bum, 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 bum. i really like the way that those two chords play off of each other because they don't play chords that much so when right. they do it's like it oh, it's different it's yeah. it's different enough to be memorable it, it and they're back. weirdly dissonant too it's like the it's like a tritone or something. Well, well, um, if I remember from the tablature for other songs where they play chords, it's literally an octave, but they're tuned so low that it just sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's <laughs> that's funny because when you do get your guitar, uh, when you do tune your guitars down this low, you tend to lose like a lot of clarity. Hmm. So it's it kind of like lends itself naturally to heavily distorted. So you can get rid of all the errors, just the natural harmonic errors. I mean, giving us another tangent. That's why I think those early architects albums, like the way they tuned is like every string would have been in drop C sharp, but then they tuned the like E to it extremely low. And so they're able to like tread on the high strings and play those chords. And then like they, which all, it all, they're able to create the dynamic that way without having the lawnmower sound. Yes. Which I think is kind of genius and also super annoying because I actually had my guitar, which has a Floyd Rose tremolo tuned to that at one time. And it was a huge pain in the ass. You can't play <laughs> anything but architect songs. Pretty much. That. Yeah. yeah, Cause no, well, no one else would think to do it that way. I was learning uh, early grave. At Great the time. song. Perfect song. Oh, it's an amazing song. Yeah. It's so good. Mm. First architect song I ever heard. Me too. Love it. Fucking perfect. Yeah. Nice. You, you both, you're looking at me. I'm agreeing with you, dude. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're the coach for us now. You have to keep us moving. All right, cool. Fucking chill, dude. Just relax. <laughs> I was just like, what happens if I start sassing Tantalo, dude? Uh, yo, go to one minute and 30 seconds, dude. He gets mad and kicks you out of his house. <laughs> if we start sassing, then I might listen to this back. I like to remember the good times. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what the fuck? All right. 130? Yeah, 130. Cool. So, I like that. It's a fucking hardcore riff. Just bum, a regular bum, hardcore riff. Yeah. Right. Well, what happens there? You have that dun that we were just talking about. They drum fill and then switch it into this. Back to your point. Like if we're going to transition or hard smash cut, there's still going to be something cool to fit in that like three second block between the elements, right? Yeah. I mean, this album is so thematically consistent that it's almost one note at times, but because it is, it means that they can flip their own stuff within the same song and it'll still fit and they can throw in new chaotic elements to keep you interested. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that was the last note I have for this one. If y'all are ready, we can move to my favorite song in this album. Let's do it. In a photograph, dude. Makes no sense. Dude, I fucking love this song, dude. Play that intro. 
almost never give any particular like thing a room like any room to breathe like this album is very claustrophobic so that yeah. when they let something ring for a couple of measures even yeah uh, you remember it yeah it's very impactful i think that's a large part of the why i like this beginning of the song there's because okay we played what like eight or nine seconds of the beginning or 18 seconds or something but even right there you have that slam like the drone and then we go into the slam riff that dun 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 and then to the fucking blast beat like immediately yep. the juxtaposition is fucking on point dude and just throughout this song it's a really simple song lyrically, like compared to a lot of the other stuff that we've been going through and not even lyrically, just musically too. It's very uh, repetitive in a way, yep. but it's almost meditative the way that it brings you back to these elements over mm. and over and over again. It grooves. It fucking, gro- there you go. It grooves. It yeah. goes. Uh, yeah, it fucking goes. Go to one minute and 17 <laughs> seconds, dog. So, I think that's where I was like, yeah, I'm clicking the heart on this motherfucker. It's just catchy, man. I, I'm a sucker for double bass, syncopated, open note riffs, dude. I just, that rhythm right there. Da, 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 And then just keep coming back to that. There's nothing inherently complicated or difficult about that, but it just works. Staying on time is really hard when you're playing that slope. Also worth mentioning that we haven't talked about the bass at all as indistinguishable from the guitar most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so heavy. But if yeah, it wasn't there, you'd miss it though. I mean, yep. the slower you play and that's extremely slow for this album. Like it's a lot harder to like stay together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, man. It, anybody can play fast, but not everybody can play slow type of thing. Yeah. Another tangent. Are you guys familiar with a band called Bellwitch? No. No. Okay. Well, they're, I love that name though. They are a doom, I would call them loosely a doom metal band, but can't do it. Uh they they're very drony, but they play mm-hmm. extremely slow funereal music. But what is interesting about them aside from the fact that they have an hour long album that's just one song. Ugh. But <laughs> well, it's okay. you know, an artistic masterpiece. It's obviously not easy listening, but right. it it's called Mirror Reaper if you're interested. But it um yeah. There are times in the album where it's a lot of like instruments chugging in tandem very rhythmically at certain points, but so slowly that like you get time to like really think in between actually hearing any instruments make a sound. I got you. But it's so slow that like it is technically impressive that they're actually able to stay together doing that. You're you're like approaching that inner onset interval where it's no longer sounding like a rhythm is more just a collection of notes after a while. Yeah. I mean, and it's all really low end pounding stuff kind of like this, just extremely slow is why I thought of it. But I think the only comparison I have, the only mental comparison I have to that, that I'm any kind of familiar with is sun. Yeah. I mean, great, great, great comparison (laughs) there. Bell, Witch is the more commercially marketable version of sun to me. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, in that you, they have distinguishable musical movements and they're not all drone. Okay, gotcha. So Sun is the the most popular drone band that I can think of. Like Merzbo, just pure drone. Maybe Mersbo, I don't know. Mm. Okay. So, gotcha. pulling us back to the song real quick, if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, dude. Fine. No, no. <laughs> Feel free to cut any of these derailing comments. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all. Dude, they're no, all. Like, they're all staying. I like dude. talking about this. Shit no, no. Seriously, I love the chaos. Of it's a problem because I really love the conversation, but just for the podcast, you know what I mean? Right. Um, totally. And yeah. we could keep this going after the podcast too. By the way, I'm fucking here. For no, of it. course, I got nowhere to be. Yeah, me neither. Until I got hungry and I'll get go home to get food, <laughs> but that's it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's literally the same constraints I'm working with. But um, 
All right, we talked about Girl in Glass. I gave a quick, like, kind of lyric synopsis, but, like, I'm going to do that on this one, too, just because, sure. like, I think it's cool. Right. Uh, the song beginning of it is, like, Mitch talking about a man who is screaming at the sky, but he's saying this to, like, God, apparently, right? Like, he's, like, he screamed your name into the sky is the word or the line, I think. Yep. And that's repeated. And then this man eventually dies, so his prayer is unanswered. So then Mitch is, like, so I'll that's scream. That's that song. Yeah, unanswered. The one from the beginning of the album. Oh. <sighs> Callback. Is this a concept album? I, yes. Maybe. We've we been listening to a concept album. And not well, I mean, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he's like, they all have the same, some kind of theme, right? Sorry, man. No, but I looked this up because I was curious why the fuck the song is called in a photograph. Right? Yeah. The That's metaphor asking, that he yeah. draws is like a photograph. Nothing changes. So it's like this man is dying and he's screaming out to God for help. And like in a photograph, nothing changes. It is only suffering. It is a picture of pain. And this just continues, huh. and then the man dies. So the Mitch tries to scream into the sky. He's like, then I screamed your name. And there's a breakdown, uh, Lord, can you hear me, is the line in the breakdown, which I'll show you in a second. And then he hears nothing. But the way they play this out in the song is there's like actually space, right? That's kind of the thing about this song is that they've added space, which is a part of the reason why it sticks out. Right. And then he realizes that he's not going to hear anything back. So he's like, uh, you left without reply. And then there's the fucking 808 breakdown. He's like, I blame you for your absence. Or like, or I, you know, in like just that whole kind of arc really, uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. The way you're describing it, this is clearly probably the most like l- lyrically advanced of anything on the album. Cause uh, you know, a lot of the lyrics are very simplistic, but right. this is clearly like, it's a lot more narrative than the other lyrics. It's more directly getting at sort of the abstract, um, the abstract of this album being, what I said it was basically yep. like it's more directly getting at that mm-hmm. explaining kind of the, the idea. Yep. So go to 223 for a sec. Yeah. The line is you let him fall. Mm. So that's when the guy dies because nothing changed like in a photograph, right? Then uh, at 314. Lord, can you hear me? And then just play it out from here for a second. Here's that space I was talking about. He's waiting for the reply. So now two things. The line is you left me without reply. So I walked away. Right. Then we're back into that. Like that rhythm because nothing changes. You're still unanswered. It's still suffering. And now I'm going to die eventually or like whatever, whatever the implication is. Wow. Yeah. It's a very cerebral analysis deserving. Yeah. This song. Um, I like it. The. I would have never come up with that on my own. It's It's funny. Like that's one of those moments where you can't understand what he's saying. And it's like, one of those goes on a t-shirt moments, but it's like way too like weighty and like right. cerebral to go on a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, it would make sense that, well, cause like, you know, seconds from the end, pull the trigger bitch in and of it. Like those two lines alone paint enough of a picture that you could put it on a shirt. Right. Yeah. But if you just say like you left me without reply, so I walked away, it's really hard to understand the context without listening to the rest of the song before this. Yeah. 
Good shit. Anyway, that part of the reason why I fucking love this song, dude. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it's, I, I never pieced together how the song, the flow of the song, mm-hmm. the dynamics of the song match the themes. Dude, I love when bands tell the, now I know we got, we were talking before how, like, I would prefer, like, vague, uh, applicable lyrics. And in most cases, yes. But here it's a little bit more narrative and direct. And I love when they're using the music to tell the story along with the lyrics. Yeah, it's coalescing all of the themes that have been, well, not all of them, but, but like it's, coalescing yeah. themes that have been brought up before as well. Yes. I also love that we're doing this with the cleansing uh-huh. because I feel like this is an album that you could play for a rando. And yeah, I mean. They would just be like, oh my God, it's all the same. What the fuck is this bullshit? Right. And half the time, I don't even get distracted. That's like, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I but like, this is a very serious fucking album. It really so, is. So it, yeah. I think it merits, you know, taking it seriously. Honestly, talking about it. it I, like it's fun and stupid, but it's, well, exactly. It's part of the reason why this album is really, it's like, it's legendary. There's something here for everybody because if you're a high schooler that just wants to find the most brutal shit, it's there. But if you want to be an adult and analyze it, that's also there too, to some degree, you know, we beleaguered the shit out of this point. You guys ready to go into the green monster? Eyes sewn shut. Oh shit! Eyes sewn shut. The other fucking my yeah, favorite. Slipknot song. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't have any notes on that one except double kick. Fuck yeah. Um. So in a photograph and eyes sewn shut are my two favorite songs on this album. I also really fucking love eyes sewn shut. Play that intro. like that's a little bit more textbook than the intro of unanswered for me like when i think of suicide silence i think of that right there you do yes oh i don't know why like huh. yeah i fucking love it yeah weird it's it's kind of a variant of that but, but i mean yeah it's almost like when you've heard through that album you've heard seven versions of that riff you get to favorite i think if this was track two instead of unanswered you'd probably remember it more. The crime for most of these back half songs is that they are great. It's just, they fall in the second half and yep, you've right. heard a lot of the ideas already. And unless you're really looking like we are, yeah, you might not notice some of the like, that's dude, little, like bits of brilliance. Exactly. And that's why I'm really kind of hammering home on these last, cause like the first five, dude, you guys had a ton to say, and I just want to give some love to the back half here too, you know, hundred percent. Um, but like eyes don't shut. Okay. It's not the most brutal breakdown on the album, but thematically, I think it kind of falls in that category, but you have to be like in tune with what they're saying to really kind of pick it up. And the whole story of this song is that we're following a man who is seeing God. So we have to cease his lies. And so his eyes shut. There's a line in here about like his tears are like acid, which I thought was a really brutal bit of imagery. But the end of the resolution of the song is that this man is not a prophet leading you to salvation. This man is a farmer or well, yeah, well, you're leading your flock to the butcher is what it is is the line. So like understanding that and then listening to the breakdown for me, it's like really thematically heavy on top of musically heavy. So go to one minute and 39 seconds. <laughs> I just had to make sure it was the right time. I'm bracing myself for it. your bass yeah i don't really remember shit. hearing the bass at all before now like they're probably yeah. a couple minutes but they really give it to you this time yeah dun, 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 dun. yeah like just Great that kind of yeah looking heavy anyway so i fuck with that shit too we don't have to hang out on this song as long as on a photograph we can move on if you want but i fucking love this song dude mitch i love that you love this song bro nice 
It's sick. There's no wrong answer with any of these. There's not a bad song on this album. Like mm. there are just songs that um, don't get the spotlight as much as others. After running it through with y'all, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I used to think there were bad songs on here. Now I totally don't. Yeah. I well, it's you know exactly. Some of these songs deserve a little more attention. Right? Yeah. It's a it's a perfect proof of concept that overall suffers from a few. Um, I know we haven't even listened to the last song, and I'm summarizing. It it suffers from a few. <laughs> A few, like, I would say weaknesses, like mild weaknesses that like touch the whole album. Sure. Kind of like the, it's a little too consistent almost. And like, there are some right. elements that like the interludes could be, could hit harder and they do on the next album. Yep. Right. Fuck yeah. So you want to go to the green monster real quick, dude? <clears throat> we, Can you go to the green monster quick? It well, it's a six fit right. minute fucking song. I, we really don't have to spend a ton of time on this song. This song is like six minutes long and uh, the green monster is, it's money. This is a song about... Political. Kermit. Yeah, Kermit. <laughs> it's Kermit. It's Kermit. You got, I can just imagine Kermit just eating people with like blood coming down his like felt face, you know? Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, play that intro, dude. Interesting intro. Yeah. Compared to everything else. So, all right. We were kind of talking about this song during this song, so I don't have any timestamps here, but they, sorry. They don't give you, um, they don't give you a slow intro very often, even for a few seconds. They usually hit you with that. The bit that comes after the slow intro in this song is usually what the song starts on. Right. But, uh, no, they give it to you a little different this time. I really like that. Yeah, that's just cool. Yeah, that's just dope. Speaking of cool, dude, I actually, my bad. I did have one timestamp. You liar. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, 27 seconds, dude. I'm offended. I just wrote fuck, so I don't even know what this is. <laughs> Those are my favorite saves. That high chord really comes out in the mix. But- like the no, 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 the no. chord that boom, 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 bam. Oh, right. It's really big. Yeah. Fuck. It's weird, man. When you have to, when everything sounds the same, you really have to sit down and like pay attention to shit. Well, it's not going to naturally jump out at you. Right. But when you look at it, it's some cool shit. Yeah. This is like, um, uh, a sea of, you know, mutilated corpses and like, it just looks like that from a distance. But when you're like, look close, you start to recognize like, individual people and like individual bad things that have happened. And you know, you start Dude. to, you start to get the personal element almost. Yo, that's like that quote, like when one person dies, it's a tragedy, but when 6 million people die, it's a number. Yeah. This album is a pile of bodies, but then when you scrutinize it even slightly, it's a pile of people. Whoa. Whoa. I was based as fuck, dude. Jesus. <laughs> no, well really though, that was, I, I like that metaphor. Are you throwing shade or not? No, I'm not. Tell. I'm legitimately not. <laughs> none, none of these comments I'm thinking too hard about. I'm just throwing them. Oh, no, no, no. The, no this, this whole is podcast perfect. is just stream of consciousness, dude. It's fine. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And I want that to be clear to anybody listening, too. We're not experts here. That's the biggest. Yeah. We are. Well, Will, Will, <laughs> Will is. We've Will is. into this music since we were kids. We know. It's true. A lot. I'm an expert on my experience and memories and feelings about this album, but I'm not an expert on the album itself. That's how I describe it. But uh, Will might be, though, because you've said some good shit this episode. I am now. So Green Monster is technically the end of the album, and uh, Destruction of a Statue was on the bonus version. 
Isn't that right? No. Well, destruction of a statue was on the there's EP, a, and this is them doing it again. There's a 14th bonus track, I thought. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I was under the impression the destruction of a statue was them re-recording an old song. That is a bonus track, but there's another bonus track. I don't know. Okay, so this is technically the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's cool. The uh, epilogue. Which makes sense, because they have that really long two-minute fadey bullshit thing. At the end of this. Yeah, Yeah. it makes more sense when there's not another outro. Right, and that two-minute... We spent a long time trying to Google what that little clip... By the way, just play that. Go to the end of this and just play like a couple seconds Got it. Okay, so it's just mirroring revelation. It ends yeah. how it begins. Yeah. Nothing is different. We're in a photograph. Bringing it back. So, but yeah, well, to your point, it wouldn't make sense to do this and then have another song after it. Right. As a concise thing. Unless okay, it's so on a track. I recant. Right. right. Reprisal. Yeah. So, uh, but... I still want to cover Destruction of a Statue if you guys are down. Because yeah. it's so... It goes really hard. It's a fucking yeah, good song. Good song. <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, hit that intro. So this is the like the OG Suicide Silence song. This is the one everybody knows from the EP, right? It's very melodic. Yeah. 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 Very catchy. This was this the, one goes. There was that EP about a plane crash. I don't that's not what it's called, but it's that's what the fucking I think their EP is just called Suicide Silence. Yeah. Sorry. Destruction of a statue. Uh dude, go to one minute and thirty five seconds. This is another cool riff. Um a la that thing that Will brought up a little bit ago, but this is kind of like that. <laughs> Honestly, dude, that's just like a metalcore riff. I was going to say, does that literally sound yeah, like it's, a- it's the Wake and the Fallen riff. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking close. That is a good good find. It didn't make a lot of sense to me when I heard the album just now and didn't realize that that was a bonus track until after I looked it up. But hearing that that's one of their earliest songs, I'm now like, oh, it makes sense that they would be cribbing from another Orange County great Avenged Sevenfold and playing a similar riff to them on some of their earliest work. Man, they were good, huh? Mm. Rest in peace. They're still around. They're not dead. They're dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) I also have Uh, Nightmare, basically. Yeah, Yeah. Nightmare fucking sucked. Uh, Go to three minutes and five seconds. Last clip of the episode. Big pass. Yeah, so this yep. I clipped this because that's the heaviest possible thing that a group of like fledgling band members 
would come up with. This is exactly what you would expect to hear from yep. new band that's taking inspiration from other bands. Who among us, um, ourselves, the three of us and listeners have not sat in their uh, high school bedroom in their parents' house and played that out of their like junky martial amp? <laughs> Dude, yeah, this is a really good learning moment type of song anyway. Isn't it? Dun, 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Mm. We're learning about the chromatic scale today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, shit, that was the cleaning. That was the cleaning, yeah. Um, there's also a lot of, I'm not going to go into depth, there's some interesting lyrical shit in Destruction of a Statue too, but we'll talk about that later. Maybe on a bonus episode later. The, <laughs> the cleaning. Dude, the time too. is now, dude. No, well, no. Well, what I mean is when we're not recording and we're just shooting the shit later, I'll tell you guys about oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was trying to make a joke about how that, but fucking never mind. So, favorite song. What was your favorite moment of today? Fucking Bludgeon to Death. Yep, same. Okay, Duh. cool. Yeah, in a photograph. No, Bludgeon to Death. You're wrong. In a photograph, yeah, cool. and then Incorrect. Eyes Sun Shut, <laughs> and then Bludgeon to Death, and uh, No Pity for a Coward are tied for me. I do really like the way that you explained in a photograph that makes a lot more sense to me now thematically. Yeah, it's very cool. It helps to sum up the album, but also it's good when people have um, left field opinions. Oh, yeah. I'm not... Source all the time. Well, seriously, I'm not just saying this to be contrarian to you guys. No, I know. What was your least favorite song? The the (laughs) least favorite song? Yeah. Green Monster. You don't like Green Monster? No. (laughs) Okay. What about you, Will? I think by the time... I mean... Honestly, probably the fallen. Like it's there's no again no bad song, but like by the time we've gotten through like three bangers and we get to one of the like it's a little more by the numbers. It has its cool moments, but and and then it's just bookended by like a a fantastic three track run, and then you know I can uh, yeah I can very much get with that. For me, it's either the disease or the fallen. That was part of the reason why I was like yeah let's skip the disease just because there's nothing that we could say that we didn't already say about another song where the other song did it a little bit better anyway. For That's me. true. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I would be. I would be. What, is is the phrase? I would be remiss. 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 Is that correct? Okay. Cool. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Rings of Saturn. <laughs> we have to talk about every episode contractually. It comes up. Y'all fuck with Rings of Saturn? Of course. It started dude, out so good. Dude, It's we have a weird arc too because it's like we talked a lot of shit on Rings of Saturn and then we covered a Rings of Saturn episode formally and then we've like- We did nothing but gush. Yeah, then we've just been gushing amazing. ever since. Yeah, because like when you, it's like this. When you sit down and listen to it, it's like, wow, that really is like best in the world on some metric. I'm but not it's sure really one, easy but. to meme on fucking Rings of Saturn. Yeah, well, it's also just- yeah. People know immediately what you are referring to. Right. With that. But, anyway. but then on a Lugal Kien, they had an amazing cover of No Pity for a Coward. Mm. Yeah, that's that right. Absolutely slaps. Um, Yo, Mitch, put a clip of that right here, dude. I actually will because it's that good. Good. Okay. Do it. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. Well, I give this album a four out of five just because I got to be honest. That's course cool, but I don't really love it that much. <laughs> After everything you said, bro. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Dude. Yeah. I'm not going to give this album a rating, dude. I just think it's a legendary album. It's fucking great. Yeah. No, I, I throw it on like maybe twice a year and it's nice and fresh when that happens. Yeah. I, it's fucking good. Um, I dude, Will, I just, very much appreciate having you here with us for this album. I think that it would have been way worse if we just tried to do it on our own. Um, mm-hmm. So 
thank you for coming on the show today, bro. Yeah, no, yeah. thanks for coming on my show. And I appreciate the insight <laughs> that you guys added. I uh, look forward to uh, next time. Will, you want to, yeah. you want to plug your social medias? <laughs> like, Is there anything you want to plug? We could link people to your SoundCloud. I'm not really doing anything all that interesting so you're making music. Feel free not to look me up, but on social media, <laughs> all of it is just my name because I want to give as much information to data brokers as possible. But I do have a SoundCloud where I put <laughs> not very good electronic music that I'm just making for fun. So um, my handle is Bleach Episode. Nice. What would be fucking wild is if anybody that hears our podcast has heard of that before. I'm like, oh, dude, it's that fucking guy. It'd be impossible. That'd impossible. Be, there's no way. I don't know, man. I mean, some of these people are passionate. You know? I got four followers, buddy. <laughs> I mean, we have like 30. So non-zero those, those worlds overlapping, the <laughs> odds of that are Dude, that's fucking, fucking impossible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We may only have 30 listeners, but we have 30 passionate uh, rabid fans. Uh, Speaking of our 30 passionate rabid fans. Yeah. If you fall into that category, feel free to reach out to us and tell us what you thought about the cleaning by I was about to say Rings of Saturn, goddammit. The, <laughs> <laughs> the cleaning by Suicide Silence. By the way, the reason why we call it the cleaning is because Will called it the cleaning once when we were in college and it just stuck. <laughs> we had a we had a good so. little giggle. I don't even think I was there for that, but I heard you no. refer to it as the cleaning, and yeah. I'm like, that's so good, that's what I'm calling it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Will, yeah, Will gave it to me, then I gave it to you. Just like AIDS. For sure. Just the transmission of I was gonna say tra- whatever, we're on the same page. Uh <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram at Banger Alert Podcast or send us a scathing email at bangeralertpodcast at gmail.com. Why do you always ask for negative shit? You're like, yo, hit us up and tell us we suck. Just <laughs> listen, man. If someone tells you that you're good, you don't learn anything, you know? You fucking beg for hate, Bell. Well, I want to I wanna know, bro. I want to unravel the blind spot. Someone's going to email and just be like, here are the resonant frequencies of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, so, you said at the beginning that you accounted for them, but you hadn't accounted for these. <laughs> it made my, t- my feelings fall out. Dude, yo, just imagine somebody screenshot of an EQ on Ableton on their end. Like, yeah, so it looks like you cut 144, but you really need to be cutting out like 356 because you got some weird shit going on right there. Oh my God. He's just like flipping the like little bar. (laughs) You're just like, you hear this? You hear this? (laughs) Anyway, so uh, to put a, to put a cap on this bottle one more time, my name is Mitch. My name is Hanela. I'm Will. And uh, this has been Banger Alert. Later, brother. See ya. Or sister. Comrade. Comrade. There you go. Later, comrade. Later. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Like, pull up the album art real quick if you could, dude. Sure. Um, if you want to get, like, a high-res? Or it doesn't fucking matter. You could Well, just... maybe it does, Mish. Okay, maybe it does. We got to see those details. This was drawn by the guy who drew the Sandman comic citation needed. I only skimmed the Wikipedia article. <laughs> just citation needed it yourself. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I see what you mean about the body horror, el- or body horror elements. There's, like, the spikes and shit coming out of the guy's yeah, face. Yeah, where'd he get all those knives? Right. Well, yeah. It's weird though because there's layers and he's in the foreground and the knives are in the background, but they're also kind of not. Like they're clearly supposed to be coming out of his mouth. But right. Yeah. He's I, resting on an autopsy table too. Oh, nice. That makes sense. 
That, that's why he looks like that. Or maybe it's a different kind of table. Wait. But I could imagine like he's the dead body and his head's hanging off the edge of the table kind of. And that's why it's. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this like a top down and he's laying on his side? That's what it looks like to me. What the fuck? I also want to point out how like kind of papery and, um, yeah. you know, like, like, like almost fragile his skin looks. He's, he's got, mummified. He's got some shit over his face. Yeah. Over oh, dude, eyes. I didn't notice it. Yeah. He's got like plastic over his face. Yeah. You know, when you said uh, Silent Hill, a lot of the imagery of Silent Hill, remi- like this is reminding me of that now that you said it. Wait, yeah. hold on. Well, what the if, fuck even, is this shit? Even the other album, uh, the one after this one. What is that? That one has a guy that very much looks like Pyramid Head to me. Hmm. I also want to point out the, the font on the word, the cleansing. And by the way, we'll post a picture of this when we do the episode so you guys can see what we're talking about. But like, that also reminds me of like horror movie too. How it's like kind of handwritten. But yeah, it's just kind of fucked up. Disorganized. Yeah. Like the guy who was writing it, like was having a seizure while he was writing it. Hmm. There's a bunch of like bullshit marks all over the place. It's fucking great. I love this album art. Yeah. I think it's, it's so good. It really, it suits the vibe of the album. Um, yeah. You know, it's also like a little green, like slightly greenly tinted. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, you know, in the song, the disease, like we're talking about, I don't know where I'm really going with this, but just like putrid is the yeah. word that comes to mind. You know? And in, in, Color theory in films, green is generally considered like a very unsettling color to to palette your movie. You know, right. so the green room. That whole movie's green, but they got a green room in there too. <laughs> Will, I fucking love you, dude. dude <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Oh shit! I'm just gonna punch Thanks my for mic. Having real quick. me, yeah, I, but dude, like whatever your name is. 